0: Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia podcast series. The Glacial Multimedia podcast series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. Welcome to the latest episode of the Glacial Multimedia uh, podcast series. We are really excited to have a special guest on the line today. We have Carrie Likin. She's from Yext, and she works as the head of the industry for healthcare. Uh, welcome Carrie.
1: Thanks for having me, I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> we are very excited to have you, and we're very excited to be uh, partnering with Yext. And I guess to begin, uh, I was wondering if you could just give our listeners a feel for uh, what your role is at Yext, and where Yext is as a company.
1: Sure, happy to do that. So. My role, as uh, was noted earlier, is that I'm the head of industry for healthcare at Yex, and so I run everything that touches healthcare at Yex. So everything from growing the business through sales, but also product marketing, product development, any publisher relationships and partnerships, operations, and also just figuring out where we need to go next. So I am responsible for all of healthcare at Yex. Yex also uh, handles other verticals as well, but I solely focus on healthcare.
0: Okay, and for those uh, practices listening who might not be familiar, um, you know, we we talk about Yext a lot, and I feel like people are familiar with the company name, but may not understand it. Could you give us uh, a feel of what it is in the kind of the Reader's Digest version?
1: Yes, I can. So Yext is a software, it's a cloud-based platform that houses basically searchable information that somebody could be looking for with respect to, in my case, healthcare. So if you are looking for a name of a doctor, an address of a doctor, the phone number of a doctor, or any other searchable or identifiable entities or information related to that doctor, YEX puts that in our platform. But then the secret sauce to what YEX does is that we take that information and through patented APIs, We send that to places like Google, Mm -hmm. to places like Amazon Alexa, to Vitals, to lots of different websites because we know that patients are not just going to one place to find information and they're not always going to your website to find information. They're going to lots of different places online. So Yext enables you to pull it together. In one place and then send it in a way that it can be findable and searchable if you are looking for that doctor specifically on other locations online.
0: Yep, uh, I, and I think you really hit the nail on the head and we talk about it a lot um, with our practices so I mean the best example that uh, I always like to use is that we'll, we'll talk to doctors right and let's say that they work for a practice that has three or four locations um mm-hmm. and then you know that means potentially obviously you have three or four addresses you have three or four mm-hmm. phone numbers you probably have you have multiple yeah. staff members and then you have all these online citations uh things you know, like you mentioned your health grades your whatever it could be your yelp your city search and they all have to manage you know what it thinks that your address and name and phone number is and why that's important Wondering if you could speak a little bit about the implications if uh, a practice or any company really lets that stuff go by the wayside.
1: That is such a great question. And if I back it up just a second, I can tell you that prior to joining Yex, I worked at Google for eight and a half years in the Google Boston office. And I started the healthcare group there. And it was a very interesting situation because on a daily basis, my healthcare customers would call and say that their information was incorrect and that they needed to talk to the Google Maps team and the Google Places team, the Google My Business team. The Google the Google My Business team renamed itself multiple times until I finally got to GMB. And what was really interesting was that it was really hard to get to that team to make those changes. And I would hear horror stories from organizations where they would say that my phone number is incorrect or my math information is incorrect and my patients are trying to find me and yet they're going to empty parking lots or some <laughs> somebody told me that they were going to the Denny's parking lot for, and that's what the map marker was showing on Google for the office location for that doctor.
0: Oh, it happens so all the time.
1: Really, oh, it happens all the time. It's yeah. so frustrating. and. Google is taking data from so many other data sources, and so it becomes very difficult for organizations, for practices, for individuals to manage all of those different places where that information lives. And so, you know, you have, let's say you have three or four different places where a doctor works out of in a given week or a given month, and you have to manage all of those places on Google, but Google's getting that information from other places. So that means you have to manage it in other places too, it becomes really difficult. And at the end of the day, it's a bad patient experience if the patient is driving to the wrong place or calling the wrong number. But then also it's really hard to acquire new patients too because patients will get really frustrated if they can't reach the doctor they're trying to reach. So they might opt for another doctor. So it's really important. And those are the biggest implications, I guess, bad patient experience and patient acquisition. But it's really important to ensure that you can control this in as many places as possible.
0: It's funny that I always think about this. Is, you know, the more and more you listen to it, the more and more it kind of sounds like a complicated uh, thing that we're doing. Really, yeah. but at the end of the day, you yeah. know, just for our for our listeners, if you're thinking about this, we're talking about cleaning up your address and your phone number, and your business. I mean, these are the, these are the most critical basic elements of your business. And you know, we'll often get uh, this question. And I'd I'd love for you to react to to this comment, Carrie, that we get very frequently. We'll say. Oh, okay, Glacial or, or Yext, uh, fine, clean it all up for us. And then it sounds like you, you know, would lock it down and uh, should be, you know, a one-time, uh, you know, thing. And, you know, why, mm-hmm. why would I, why do I need this to be kind of a reoccurring strategy where I'm, I'm hiring a team to do this on a monthly basis?
1: That happens, that question comes up a lot So there's an ecosystem behind how this data is just generating itself in the internet world, in the online world. And just because you correct the information once, it doesn't mean that it is permanently corrected forever. So the way that Google takes information, and I just want to caveat by saying 76% of people are looking for doctors specifically when they're doing searches. Most of the time they are doing it on Google and other search engines. But what we see is that About 25% of the time, they're going to other websites. So it's really important that this other information is also paid attention to in addition to search engines. But the way that the search engines get data is that they get data from lots of different places. They could get it from um, uh, data brokers. They could get it from other websites. They could get it from your website specifically. They can get it from the post office. They can get it from tax filings. They just can get data anywhere. And if any of that data changes elsewhere on any of those places, then Google and other search engines are looking to those places and they're saying, "Uh uh-oh, what you indicated as the address or the phone number, I'm looking at these other sources now and that's not what I'm seeing. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to change that because it's more recent than the change that you've made. So this whole ecosystem of data and the changing data is constantly going on. So just because you change it once doesn't mean that it changes forever and it stays the way you wanted it to be. It is always on the it it has a risk of changing. And so it's really important to make sure that you're always monitoring it and that you're ensuring that you can keep it monitored and locked down so that it doesn't change and that you remain in control of it, as opposed to letting it, you know, be in control by some other website out there that could be feeding data to Google.
0: Yeah, it's it's so critical. And oftentimes when I talk to our doctors, you know, people will say things like, well, you know, nobody finds me on, you know, citysearchxyz.com. And, (laughs) you know, I have to say, you know, you know, Dr. So-and-so, the reality is, yeah, you're, you're right. Probably nobody is seeing you on that. But these uh, sites are Google's friends. And, you know, Google, yes. it's, it's Google's world, and we kind of all live in it. You have That's to make so sure it's, it's, it's reaching out to their friends and saying, okay, well, you know, this person doesn't have the right information, so I'm not sure I can provide an accurate result to this user who's looking for a search for their doctor in their area. And it impacts your ranking. So it's, it's a major thing. Only, yeah,
1: I like how you I like how you say that. Reaching out to uh, Google's friends—that's exactly yeah. how I would. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how I
0: think about it. So I wanted to transition and talk a little bit about uh, just the importance of a great Google My Business page. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I kind of maybe this is a little bit philosophical, but you know, I don't think a lot of practices maybe understand how much lead conversion is just strictly happening from your Google My Business page. Yeah, I could foresee, and I don't, I don't know if you would. I'll just let you react to this, Gary. We almost think of Google My Business pages could one day be more important than your actual website.
1: You speak my language. Exactly. (laughs) I would agree with you on that one. So it's interesting what we're seeing trend-wise, and I saw this when I was at Google as well. So I've been talking about the patient journey for over 10 years, and the patient journey has been a very interesting journey. It's gone from searching and using Dr. Google and just searching for symptoms and conditions and doing so on a desktop device. And then we moved into about five years into my tenure at Google, we moved into the importance and the growth and seeing the adoption of mobile devices and people being able to do healthcare searches anywhere at any time in secret if they didn't want to do it at work, for example, and also in the doctor's office itself. But then what's so interesting is that Google then in 2012, Changed how they were surfacing information to the the searcher. And they created a knowledge card. And that is basically Google's way of saying, I'm not 100% sure exactly what you're looking for, but I know that you don't want to be clicking on 12 or 11 blue links anymore. I'm just going to give you all of this information all in one place, including name, address, phone, clicks to your website, phone number clicks that you can actually call and activate your phone, app on your mobile device, reviews, pictures, maps, whatever that might be. And we saw at that point an unbelievable increase in just activation and engagement on those pieces of information within that knowledge card. Yeah. And we saw a decline in traffic to website go down. Now that I'm at yes, we see internal data from our customers. And then I'm also seeing it through surveys that we've run. And that we see that about 83% of people are finding information outside of a website, an owned healthcare website, and they're taking action as well. And so it's super important to make sure that if somebody is Googling, you don't necessarily know when and how they're going to take an action and when they'll be ready to make an appointment But what we're seeing is that there are far more interaction points on clicks to the URL, on clicks to the phone number, on clicks to the directions, because Google is making it so easy to do that without having to go to the website. I like to say that the website itself, it's no longer the front door to healthcare or to a patient in, in their journey. It's now, if you're thinking about a house, it's a room in the house. And I grew up in a house where we had one of those rooms, our living room. I wasn't really allowed to go into the living room except to take <laughs> prom photos. So the website is very similar to that, where it's a room in the house. Sometimes it's used, sometimes it's not. But at this point, you have to think about Google and other websites as the front door to health care and seekers of health care.
0: It is incredibly important. You threw out a number, and I don't—I simply just didn't want it to gloss over people's ears. Um, you, know, you said eighty percent of people are taking yes, exactly. actions outside of the website. Eighty-three. Oh, okay. percent
1: okay. Yes, we're seeing eighty-three yeah. uh, percent. That's in healthcare, and it's actually higher than what we see outside of healthcare. So, in non-healthcare verticals, we're seeing about seventy to seventy-three percent. But in healthcare, we're actually seeing 83% of wow. people are looking outside of healthcare website or healthcare owned websites, like a hospital website, a practice website, an individual doctor website. Yep. 83% of people are not only finding information before taking a healthcare action, but they're actually taking that action as opposed to going to the website and taking the action directly. Got it. It's a very high number.
0: Yeah, it is incredible. Wow. So I... I'm just trying to visualize this and put myself in the the foot of a practice, and kind of have them understand really why uh, the whole comprehensive image of the Google My Business page is so important. Because you know we talk about it all the time that there's really three factors that will determine whether you get put on that local local map pack, which is the three top rankings that Google serves. Mm -hmm. serves. So if I'm you know, Paul the patient and I google eye doctor right? and I'm in Portland Maine currently. It's going to serve me three top recommended uh, locations and those are determined mm-hmm. by one, the proximity I am to the closest doctor near me. Two, mm-hmm. how clean those citations are and how uh, sure that Google is going to give me an accurate business with an accurate phone number and an accurate address and then the third is uh, how well reviewed that, yes. Uh, Practices. No, I mean, we talk a lot about reviews. People understand their importment, and you know, I know that you know a good review solves a lot of positive feelings, and then the negative feel negative feelings yeah. come from the lower ones. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about reputation management? Yes.
1: So that is a really critical part of the algorithm itself, but then also just the patient selection. So we have some data points around just in general, what patients are doing whenever they're looking at comprehensive evaluation of a doctor. So they might be searching for a doctor and for a specialty. And let's say somebody is Googling eye doctor near me. First of all, In the selection process, that person is looking for a near-me doctor, like convenience. But then they're also looking for, and this is is separate, Google doesn't necessarily house this data yet or accept this data yet, but hopefully in the future it will. But they want to know... Does this doctor accept my insurance? The super important part of that search.
0: Critical. But then, critical.
1: what they're all critical. And yeah. In, insurance is critical. Payment is very important to being able to realize: can I actually go to this doctor? Well, I think. But the, the uh, doc- oh, Just. Sorry. I'm sorry to
0: interrupt, but uh, um, you know, I think that doctors. It's easy to forget that that's a, that's a lot of the apprehension and why people have negative feelings towards yes. going to the doctor is that they're scared of that bill.
1: They're scared. Yeah, they're scared. They don't want to get that bill. They want to make sure that they can actually pay for their care. And yep. so they want it local and convenient, and they want to make sure that they can get the payment for it, and they want to make sure that that doctor actually has the expertise that they seek to have treated. Yep. But then that third piece of it is very much – I mean, these patients and consumers now – I'm hearing a lot of healthcare um, patients now being called consumers because they have been trained by Amazon – to get things very easily. It's so easy to go to Amazon to look for a product, to review the product, to see what other people have had to say about it, to easily click to buy the product, especially if you're an Amazon Prime member, and to get that product within 24 hours. That is what these patients slash consumers are also looking for. And so what they've been doing is they've been treating doctors now as, quote, products. And so the review component of that is, super important because they are evaluating doctors because now they have choice. They can look and find a doctor. They don't always just consider the doctor they might've been referred to. They can choose the doctor who's closest to them. So most convenient who does accept their insurance and who actually has treated other people well and have gotten positive reviews. So to ignore the reviews would be, To basically say, I don't really care and I'm not really a product. But technically speaking now, doctors are now considered products in a consumer or patient's eyes. And it's really important to make sure that that online presence and that review is always managed and then on top of it, that is excellent for SEO and for that Google algorithm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you said it perfectly. So we're we're coming up kind of closer to the end, but I really wanted to Talk a little bit about the future, and specifically yes. about Yext. Uh, we're interested to know, you know, if you could give us some of the, the secret secret sauce of coming up. What what what's new at Yext? What and what uh, uh, kind of goals are you guys setting for the future?
1: Let me tell you what's new in the future of uh, patient discovery, and then how Yext fits into that. If that works. Okay. So what we're starting to find, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but then as I was talking about the patient journey over the last uh, uh, 12 or so years, when I started initially talking about that journey, the journey was a desktop journey and people were using desktop, then they were using mobile, and then they were evaluating social. And now what we're starting to see is patients are using voice devices and the growth and the proliferation of voice devices in homes And in somebody's pocket, like a Siri or a Google Assistant, has grown 3,000% year over year, and it's faster growth than we've seen with any other technology adoption in the last 50 years. So I ran some surveys uh, just to understand what is voice usage and utilization in healthcare specifically. Are people asking healthcare questions? What kind of questions are people asking about healthcare if they are asking those questions? And what we saw is that in the last 12 months, 15% of people who asked the healthcare question, just in general searching for healthcare, used an Alexa to do so. Yep. It's a pretty high number if you think about it. When Alexa and even Google Home, they don't really give the greatest responses or answers, but people are trying. They're using them. And so how do you make sure that not only are you discoverable on Google and on Vitals and on Apple Maps and on Facebook, but now you have to start thinking about how do you make sure that you are giving the right answer when somebody's asking a voice question of Siri, of Alexa, of Google Home, or Google Assistant. So, what Yext is doing is Yext is helping everyone who works with them be prepared for that. So, if you work with Yext, you will automatically have your data structured in a way so that it is sent to Google so that it can surface on a mobile device, but can also answer questions when asked of Google assistant or Google home. And we have, we were the first organization to have a relationship to submit our data to Amazon Alexa. So now yeah. we have a relationship with Alexa to be able to send data to when that kind of question is asked healthcare specific. It's so, so we, it's so important yeah, to no, be prepared for voice. It,
0: it is, it is extremely important. And, uh, a lot of our practices are benefiting. We talk about Amazon Alexa uh, quite a lot with the practices and um, voice search is something that we're really excited to be partnering with you guys on. We are we are running up against the, the time, Carrie, but um, I just really wanted to thank you for joining us today.
1: It was a pleasure, Paul. Thank you so much <laughs> know, the 20 for minutes goes by enjoyed. certainly
0: fast. Um, <laughs> We hope that you enjoyed the Glacial Multimedia podcast series uh, and this episode. If you have any questions about uh, Yext, feel free to reach out to us. And if you have any questions for Carrie, uh, we'd be happy to connect you with her. Uh, Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia podcast series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.